Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Sunday Sermon. For more information about Highest Praise Church, upcoming events, and other helpful resources, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. 2 Peter chapter number 3. And 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse 1. 2 Peter 3 and 1. We're going to learn a little bit about, there's a, there's a picture in the church, and we've been talking about the rapture, we've been talking about tribulation, we've been talking about the, the end times, but there's a, there's a picture in the church, in the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, about the church being raptured, and it's in the form of Enoch. So we're going to look at him just a little bit today. So I'm in Second Peter, chapter number 3, and verse 3, knowing this first, this is what Peter's saying. That scoffers will come in the last days. How many knows we live in the last days? Well, you don't need a you don't need a ten week series to tell you on the, in the last days. You can just look outside and tell it's in the last days. But he also said another another way you know it is scoffers. What are scoffers? They're false teachers. Well, what are they false teaching? Well, they're walking or teaching according to their own lust. Lust is anything you're willing to sell out your relationship with God to get. People lust over things. They, they lose their marriages. They lose their businesses. They, they lose their minds. They lose all kinds of stuff because they, they lust after it. They're willing to sell out. They're ready to lose whatever it is it takes. They don't count the cost. They don't, their first and thought is not the end in mind. And so when people are, are teaching this way, it's because they're living this way. You can't, you can't teach right if you don't live right. Well, I don't know. I've been around some. Yeah, you, might, you can get away with it for a little while, but there's a payday someday. Everybody knows there's a payday someday, right? <clears throat> so it says in the last days that, that there's coming these false teachers walking according to their own lusts, saying, here's what they're saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers had fell asleep, that's a nice way of saying they've died, since the fathers, the church fathers, says, older, older gentleman has gone before us was preaching this. They've died. All things continue as they were, just like from the beginning of creation. That's what they're saying. Verse 5, for this they willfully forget. Boy, it's one thing to forget something, but it's one thing to willfully forget. Willfully forget. They willf- willfully forget what? That by the word of God... Boy, you better watch the word. Of, you better watch people who preach the word of God. There are men and women of God that preach the word of God, not the word of man, not the word of secular humanism, not the word of liberalism, but the word of Almighty God. Thus saith the Lord. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth was standing out of water and then in water. By which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Now what's Peter saying here? Well, he's telling these people, these scoffers, these false teachers who who are saying, they're saying, well, they've been preaching all along that Jesus is coming back. He hasn't come back. They've been preaching and every year, the counter flips. Everything just gets bad. It gets back to normal. It gets normal. It gets bad. Things just goes and goes like it is. Don't even, don't pay any attention. 
Now let me remind you, this is, this is 2 Peter. This is around 68 A.D. Jesus was crucified in 33 A.D. This is 2021 A.D. So this is, if, if this, and what Peter is saying here is around 68 A.D., which is, that's when he was martyred, then he, in, 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 in this epistle here, he actually is, is, is talking about his last days is drawing near. So you got to figure we're getting real close to 68. My only point is, it's only been 35 years since Jesus ascended into heaven and says, I'm coming back the same way I left. 35 years. He said, they already, they already got tired of hearing preachers preach about it. To the point, they go ahead and start preaching something else. Not only are they not preaching about it, it's because they ain't living like it. Churches don't preach about Jesus coming back because people are not living about it. They're afraid if they start preaching how people should live, then they won't come to their church. If they don't come to church, they're afraid they won't have a paycheck. They don't have a paycheck, they're afraid they can't have all the things they lust after. I'm preaching better than y'all shaking your head, but that's okay. It's going to get worse. <laughs> and all he's saying here is, is that, boy, they will forget that by the word of God, just like in the days of Noah, the word of God came forth and said, there's coming a judgment. People's going to perish. And just like by the word of God, they perish by the word of God. He says the same thing is going to happen again. Now look what it says here. It says, verse 6, by which the world that then existed perished. The world. He's not saying the world as the earth He's saying the world as a social system. How many knows we're living in a social system right now that's corrupt, that's perverted? How many knows that before the flood that the word of God spoke over that social system says that you can't continue to point your finger in the face of God and says this is how we're going to live because this is what we want to do. And to the point you got so, they got so perverted that the word of God came and by water, completely washed them out, except for one family. And that social system, which is not, not the earth, but the, the people, the mentality, that perverted mentality was completely wiped off the face of the earth. Verse 7, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word. Have you noticed that? We're, hold, we're here this morning because of the Word of God. God spoke in existence and told us to be here. He created all things, and in Him and by Him is all things that exist. And it will continue like it's going until He sends His Word and says, Stop it. And it's going to stop. Okay. But the heavens and the earth, which is now preserved by the same Word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment our perdition are the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Peter's preaching. He's preaching. They're getting ready to crucify him upside down, and he's preaching. He's y'all say that Jesus ain't coming back. Y'all saying that Messiah's not coming back. Y'all saying it's not going to happen. I'm here to tell you that just like it did the first time and judgment came upon this earth, it's going to happen again. It came by water the first time and come by fire the next time. And this is sure the first one happened, the second is going to happen just like he said. Whether you preach it or not, whether you believe it or not. That's what he said. One of the preachers that was being used to preach this was Enoch. So let's go all the way back to Genesis. 
We're going to come back to the end, but let's go back to the beginning. So over in Genesis chapter number 4 and verse 16. And I'm going to look at some genealogies here. We're going to, we're going to preach a while from the begets. You know we're in revival we're preaching on begats. I might turn and start preaching the maps in a few minutes. It gets real good. Then Cain went out from, I mean, verse 16, Genesis chapter 4. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Boy, that's a bad place to be. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelled in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. Not Enoch, we're preaching today. This is another Enoch. This is an Enoch under the lineage of Cain. And he built a city, Cain did, and called the name of that city after the name of his son, Enoch. Boy, that was his sinful rebellion right then. You didn't build a big city and not give God the glory for it. He, built, he, he gave the glory to his own loins. See, that's, that, that just self-humanistic mentality. To Enoch was born Irad, and to Irad begot Mehaziel, and Mehaziel begot Methusiel, and Methusiel begot Lamech. Then Lamech took for himself two wives. Everybody say two wives. <laughs> so like, everybody just shake your head like that. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the second was Zillah. Now, understand that God has just set up the, the sanctity of marriage is between one man and one woman. It's not like it was that big of a deal. He just did it with Adam and Eve. But not this perverted generation of Cain. He says, I'll take two wives just because I want to. And so he did. And Ada bore Jabel, and he was the father of those who dwelt in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all those who had the harp, who played the harp and played the flute. So you see, Jabel was a son of him. He, he, he made tents and, and, had, and, and was over livestock. I mean, he was, he was a builder of tents and houses and livestock. And now we see Jubal here. He was, he was of the flute and of the heart. He built musical instruments. And before them, there was no musical instruments to speak of, not in the, in, the, in the quality in which they had. And they did that. As for Zillah, she bore also a son. His name was Tubal Cain. She named him after Cain. So now you see that, that self-righteousness building up. He was an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. Naamah was beautiful. And so you see all these things about these things. And then Lamech, he said to his wives one day in verse 23, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, wives of Lamech. Listen to my speech, for I have killed a man for wounding me. Even a young man for hurting me. You see the pervertedness here. You see the, just the evilness here. Marry whoever they want to, however they want to, how many they want to. Kill whoever they want to. It's a liberal mentality in Genesis chapter number 4. Doing whatever they want to do. That entire perverted, evil generation. But thank God for verse chapter number 5. Verse 3. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness and after his image, and he named him Seth. 
After he begot Seth, the days of Adam's was 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Adam lived was 930 years, and then he died. Seth lived 105 years, and he begot Enosh. After he begot Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had sons and daughters. So after the days of Seth was 912 years, and he died. Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan. After he begot Canaan, Enosh lived 815 years, had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh was 905 years and he died. Canaan lived to be 70 years old and begot Mahiel. After he begot Mahiel, Canaan lived for 840 years and he had sons and daughters. So all the days of Canaan was 910 years and he died. What's going on here that didn't go on over there? Two things. Number one, God's not mentioning all the worldly exploits that these guys had. Over here, he's talking about the worldly gain, talking about how, how industrious they were. He's talking about how prosperous they were. He talked about how gifted they were, but he also talked about how wicked they were. Over here in Seth's line, he brings up when they lived, when they were born, and when they died. When they were born and when they died. When they were born and when they died. And who they begat. You want to know why? Because under the evil, under the evil lineage, God does not remember. But under the blessed lineage, the Bible says that blessed in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. Oh, really? Where's that at? Psalm 116 and verse 15. Blessed in the eyes of the Lord. Psalm precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But also Proverbs chapter number 10 and verse 7. It says the memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Where did you get that from? <laughs> that Bible. The memory of the righteous is blessed. They live, they live, and they died. They live, and they live, and they died. They live, they live, and they died. They were born, they were born again, and then they died. They were born, they were born again, and they died. They were born, they were born again. Why? Because the memory of the righteous to the Lord is blessed. But the name of the wicked, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't how much social ability you have you have it doesn't matter how many wives you have it doesn't matter what sex you identify with it matters if you live and live and died in the eyes of the Lord hmm. precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his things. Verse 15, Mahiel lived 65 years and begat Jared. After he begot Jared, Mahiel lived 830 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Mahiel was 895 years and he died. He continues. Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. Enoch. And after Enoch, and after Enoch, he begot Enoch. Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared was 962 years and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. 
after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years and had more sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch was 365 years. So let's stop. How old was Enoch? See if you're paying attention, class. How old was Enoch when he had Methuselah? 65. Something happened at 65 years of age. Oh, he knew God. Because there was only two types of people on the planet during that time. There were the Canaanites and the Sethites. They were the wicked and they were the righteous. But at 65 years of age, something happened when he had Methuselah. Obviously, God spoke to him because when God spoke to him, he named him Methuselah. Why do you know he named him Methuselah? Because the name Methuselah means his death shall bring. And he knew what it meant because this was a perverted, wicked generation in which he lived in. And he knew that the death of his son Methuselah, or whenever he died, he didn't know when it was going to happen. He didn't know how it was going to happen. But he knew that whenever he died, destruction was going to come upon the social order that was in place during that time. So, boy, he really straightened up and started flying right. And the Bible says that he lived for 300 years. So all the days, verse 23, so all the days of Enoch was 365 years, and Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. He did walk with God? He walked. He walked with God. He walked with God. He walked with God. Now, with that in mind, let's go all the way to Hebrews chapter number 11. Because in Hebrews chapter number 11, in verse 5, we see a picture. We, Enoch walked with God, and he was, and he was not, for God took him. And now Hebrews says, by faith, Enoch was taken out of the way, so that he did not see death. By faith, by faith, Enoch walked with God, he did not see death. And he was not found, because God had taken him. That's one of my favorite little passages in the entire Bible. Enoch was and was not, for God had taken him, and he could not be found. What's your favorite part? He could not be found. Why is that your favorite part? Because they were looking for him. See, to a liberal, social-wise mentality, Self-humanistic bunch. Preachers like me get in their way. Churches like us want to allow them to have whatever they want to have and do what they want to do because we got this thing called the Word of God that we have to preach and we have to live. And every time they try 
to set up something or do something or change their, with their social system that they have that is completely diabolically set up against God. That's what the world, there's only two kingdoms. Just like in Enoch's day, there was the lineage of Cain and the lineage of Seth. There was an evil social system and there's a righteous social system. So it is today. There's an evil social system and there is a righteous social system. The evil social system is called the world and the righteous is called the kingdom of God. And you got to choose you this day who you're going to serve. Either you're under and trying to please the world or you're trying to please the kingdom of God. Now we got a problem with Enoch. Because we know something's getting ready to happen. Oh, I left Genesis too soon. I hope you still got a toe or a finger or something back in Genesis. If not, it's easy to get back to. Because look at this. Genesis 5 and verse 26. And after Methuselah begat Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Methuselah was 969 years and he died. 969 years. Oldest man ever lived. Lamech lived 182 years and he had a son. Guess what his son's was named? Noah. Learned that in Sunday school, didn't we? The one who would comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Noah. Know who Noah was? The great grandson of Enoch. I loaded up just the other day, went to see my mom. Jenna went with us. That's her granddaughter. And brought a couple of my grandkids with them. That's their great kid. And I was sitting there with this word in me. I thought, well, there's my mom. Here's me. There's my grand great grandchildren. That's what Noah was to Enoch. It's not that it was that big of a deal that far away. And Enoch knew that before Methuselah, Noah's granddaddy died. That judgment is going to come upon this planet and it's going to wipe out this entire social system that is giving him a hard time. You can do the math and go home. If you don't trust me, you're in the wrong church anyway. But the year that Methuselah died is the same year that Noah got in the boat and God shut the door behind him. Because his word would not return to him void. It would do what it says it's going to do. I don't care what the false teachers are saying. I don't care what the scoffers are saying. I don't care what the people who care more about the social system of this world than they do the kingdom of God. Enoch was a man that walked around and he feared God because he got a word from God. Let me know who knows. Let's go back to Hebrews. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. By faith. Enoch was taken away because he did not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. Because he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. You know, the last time we heard that word please, you know, the other time you ever hear the word please God in the Bible? It's when Jesus, when John was down by the river Jordan baptizing, and straightway come Jesus, the Lamb of God. He said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He came down to, to John, and Jesus did to John. He said, will you baptize me? He says, I can't baptize you. You need to baptize me. He says, no, I got to be baptized by you. And John took Jesus and put him down in water and baptized him. And when he came out, the Bible says that the heavens opened up and a dove came down and ascended upon him and rested upon him. And there 
was a voice from heaven that said, this is my son. Hear him because in him I am well. And this guy, this guy, verse 6. Because the Bible says without faith, it's very difficult to please him. So we want to please God, right? I mean, Enoch pleased God. I want to please God. So now the Bible tells us in the next verse, how do we please God? By faith. By faith, it is very difficult to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is rewarded those who seek him. See, that's our problem. We think it says difficult. It don't say difficult. I mean, we can do something and say, I did it. It was hard, but I did it. It was very difficult, but I made it. Uh-uh. It's impossible to please God unless you have faith in God. See, here's the whole thing about with Enoch. He's a picture of the church. Go back to verse 5. Because the Bible says, by faith, by faith, by faith, that he knew it was impossible to please God without it. By faith, in it was taken away so that he did not see death and he was not found. That meant that social order of that day, that old worldly-minded people caught up one morning and says, where's Enoch? What? Where's Enoch? I don't know. I don't hear him over there screaming in a microphone, telling people this is the way you're supposed to live. This is the way you're supposed to walk. This is the way you're supposed to read your Bible. This is the way you're supposed to love God. I don't hear him today. Where is he? Let's go down there and see. He ain't here. Where's church people? They're not here. I don't know about you. There's going to be some churches that people ain't going to be looking for. But this ain't one of them. When the trump of God toots, highest praise is going to scoot, and there's a world going to be looking for us, saying, where'd they go? I need to calm down. I'm trying to teach you something this morning. That Enoch pleased God because he had faith in God. How do you have faith in God? Because he walked with God. Isn't that what Genesis said? Enoch, that'll be 365 years. And he was, and then he was not. For God took him. Why did God take him? We're getting ready to go somewhere now. Why did God take him? Because he had this testimony. What was his testimony? That he went to church. That he tried real hard. That most of the time he kind of sort of, whenever he felt like it, did what was right. No. He had this testimony that he walked with God. Walking with God. You know what the problem is with the church? Not everybody in the middle. (laughs) Mr. Director, I'm on this one. Not everybody who think they're going, are going. That I don't feel like living right today crowd are not going. That crowd that whether what the 
social systems of this world thinks about because we're afraid we might offend or lose some of our likes on our fake book and our insanity gram that we have. That's not walking with God. That's not walking with God. That gossiping bunch. That cussing bunch. Oh, no, he ain't doing that easy. Oh, yeah, I'll go right there. And I got, I need a drink to take the edge off. How about going to the room and shutting the door and start speaking in tongues? That'll take the edge off a little bit. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Go in the room with your Bible and start praying the words of Almighty God and watch that spirit of heaviness begin to fall off and watch the joy of gladness begin to bubble back up in your soul. We got to get back to walking with God again. Amos, three and three, says this. Can two walk together unless they agree? We can't walk together unless we agree, right? I mean, we can leave here. There's four different doors in here. Where? There's six. There's, all kind, there's ways out of this place you don't even know about. And you don't know what door I went through unless we're walking together. You can't walk with God when he's going this way and you're going that way. You can't walk with God when he says live this way, but you decide I'm going to live that way. That's not walking with God. So let me help you right now. Get your pens out. You got your pen? You ready? Get it clicked now. You might want a permanent marker for this one because I'm getting ready to give you about six months worth of tape series materials and a couple of books on how it is, what it takes to walk with God. Are you ready for it? I'm your pastor. I'm going to give it to you right now. You ready? Here's how you walk with God. Are you ready? You got to agree with God. Is that it? Yeah, every day. Oh, just on Sundays? No. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Agree with him. Agree with him. What do you mean? You can't walk with him unless you agree with him. And you know you're walking with God because whatever he says, that's what you do. Now, I want to tell her, give her a piece of my mind. God says no. Either you want to agree with him or you're not. Well, I'm not going to church today because I'm tired and it's raining. And God said, you better get your butt up and get to the house of God because something's going to be said that you need today. My God, either you're going to agree with him or you're not. Should I watch this, Lord? No. Well, let me pull up and see. 247 F words. 200. How many words are in the whole daggone thing? You're going to say it's going to say L for 240 something times? 837 GDs. A few S's and H's and A, whatever all that means. A couple of nudities. Two or three sex scenes. But God says no. But you watch it anyway. That's not. 
walking with God. You're not going. I can't help it. I didn't write the book. I'm just telling you what the book says. I don't want you to. I want you to stay right here. But I want you to know, I'm trying to tell you how to get to heaven. I'm trying to tell you how to miss everything that God says is going to come upon the social system of this world. Because I love you. Dr. Dumbbell down the street does it. If he did, he would tell you the truth. Not worry about what happens to his people. I'm worried about what happens to you if I don't tell you the truth. Tell you how messed up the social system is. I preached it to you last week. Y'all okay? It's 12 o'clock. We're all right. Let the Baptists eat and have a good time. We'll be there in a minute. Are you with me? This Secular humanistic, liberal, socialistic mindset that is running throughout America and the world right now. They don't like me. And they don't like you. They don't like our agenda. They don't like our bloodline. <sighs> Something about us gets on our last because we ain't known by our worldly gain. We're named, we're known by the God in which we serve. Sure, we're beneficial. Sure, we got businesses. Sure, we got money. Sure, we do great things for the world. But I'll be honest with you, they don't just talk to us because we're good businessmen and women, because we build great things and know how to do stuff. That what's being drawn to us is the fact there's something on the inside of us that's different out in the world. It's called the Holy Ghost of God. And it's what's setting man free. It's what people are hungry for right now. We're walking, this, this walking with God bunch, we're going to be here one minute and not the next. You want to know why? Because God's going to take us. And they're going to come looking for us. But we ain't going to be here. And this secular, humanistic, liberal mentality that they want, they're going to get to have it. And the Holy Spirit of God that's rest inside the saints are going to be removed. And everything they want, I've been teaching you this, everything they want, every God they want to serve, every sexuality they want to have, every mindset, socialistic government, just liberal mentality, just self-humanistic ways, they're going to get to have it. And God's going to say, you want it, have it. But I'm taking my people out of here first. And watch this. Here's what I taught you last week. In less than seven years, they're going to destroy this entire planet because of their greed and their wickedness and their evilness. And if it's not for Revelation 19, that the heavens are going to open up and Jesus Christ himself is going to send down from heaven on a white horse. He's going to come down. He's going to stop it. If he doesn't stop it, they'll, they'll just themselves are going to completely destroy the entire world in seven years. 
we leave them alone. That's what the Bible teaches us. Do you see that? That's what it teaches us. We're keeping them from killing each other. And us too. That's the kind of mentality. Worse than that, Elon's great-grandson was put in the boat because of one another family found to live righteous with God. So God put him in the boat, slammed the door, and said, judgment is coming. What does that show? It was pretty wicked. That meant, listen, listen, parents who's going to dedicate your children to the Lord next week. Think about it this way. Enoch walked in a perverted society, but he still raised his family up the right way. You think you got it tough? This joker had it hard. He had, a, he had a society there that was so wicked that God called it to rain one day and it rained 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 until he wiped out an entire social system because it was that bad. But not Enoch. Enoch raised up Methuselah and Methuselah raised up Lamech and Lamech raised up a man called Noah and his family. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying keep your eyes on God. If you're not walking with him, you're not going to make it. Your children's not going to make it. Your children's children's not going to make it. What's God trying to teach us this morning with Enoch? Walk with God. He'll tell you how to raise your children. If you lost your children and they're not saved, don't let go because everything that God gave you to make that child, he gave you the ability to raise that child. Don't you quit praying. Don't you quit believing. It is might be impossible without faith, but with faith all things are possible. All right. Jude 14. Jude 14. Jude 12. Let's go to Jude 12. Jude. Just so you act like you know what you're doing, go to the book of Revelation and go one towards the Old Testament, and there's Jude. If you're looking for three or four chapters, it's not there. If you've got a Bible that Jude has three or four chapters, Leave it underneath the chair and we'll take care of that for you whenever you leave. All right, this is the last one. These are the spots. These are, I'm in Jude 12. These are the spots in your love feast. The spots, the stains. These are the stains in your love feast. While they feast, with you without fear, serving only themselves. Talking about the social system. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Boy, it sounds like a lot of, a lot of churches in America, doesn't it? Falling up with their own shame, wandering stars from whom is reserved for the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, thank God, the seventh from Adam, that means seven generations from Adam. Look at this, prophesied about these men also. But he said when we hear this kind of nonsense going on, behold, this is what he's preaching. This is what he was preaching back in Genesis chapter number five. Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. Not 10,000. We're not Jehovah's Witness. We're not putting a number on it. It's 10,000s. That means a multitude. Bigger than he can even see. 
It's coming back. It's coming back. Verse 15, to do what? To execute judgment on all. To convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which the ungodly sinners have spoken against him. He's coming back to execute judgment. He's coming back, and just like the water covered the earth as the water covers the seas, fire is going to hit this planet. And this so perverted social system that we're living in right now is going to be completely consumed. But thank God we're not going to be here. We're going to come back, and it's all going to be new. But that's not the point. The point is this, and I promise I'm done. Enoch is in Genesis 5. And the Bible says, you know, you know a good story don't have to be a long one. But Genesis, the, Enoch is found in Genesis, which is the beginning of the book, and Jude which is the back of the book. And he was only living seven generations, seven generations from Adam. Yet God, during a perverted time, in a tough time, God spoke to him and told him. He didn't just tell him something, he showed him something. He showed him all the way through Noah, all the way through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all the way through King David, the minor prophets and the major prophets. He showed them through the New Testament. He showed them Jesus coming, being born of a virgin. Saw him live on this earth for 30 years and then one day dying and raising again from the dead. He showed them through the apostolic age and he showed it through the church age. And then he showed him, but at the end of the age, this same Jesus that you saw was crucified, dead, and buried, and raised again from the dead, he's coming back. And when he comes back, he's going to set up a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to live there forever and ever and ever. How does he know that? Because he walked with God. And he could hear from God. And God can tell him. God told him, things look tough right now, ain't it? But this is what I want you to preach. That in the end, everything's going to be all right. How did he know? How did he know? I mean, the chucker was 365 years old, but that was just a young pup. He didn't have his license yet compared to Juggers living to be 900 years old. He heard from God because he walked with God. And when no else is here from God because they're over there and he's over here, God don't have to say anything loud. He can just whisper it. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's, it's a bad time. And you walk around with your shoulders square, your chin set. All you got is a testimony that you're walking from God. You're walking with God. Why are we walking with God? Because we can hear God. Oh, church, it has ever been a time that we need to hear from God is right now. There's books and tapes and videos and sermons on faith. But we forgot to tell you, faith means just agree with him. Just do what he says. He's got it all figured out. There's a football game today. Super Bowl Sunday. 
where every Sunday Super Bowl is super here. Every day a Christian gets up is a super day. Because it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. Because you walk with God, you're going to win today. Because you're going to be victorious. Every fight the enemy picks with you, guess what? It's fixed. He's fighting a battle that he can never win. You want to know why? Because God has already won every single battle. This whole battle that the social system, the social world that we're living in right now, well, let me tell you something. Remember, the Canaanites, they live for this world. We're not of the Canaanites. We're of the Sethites. We live for the world to come. We're just pilgrims walking through. And God has given us the equipment that we need to make it to the other end. Boy, we're going to horse a trophy. In a city whose builder and maker is God Almighty Himself. Because we hear from God. Everybody stand to your feet. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, just throw your hands up. I just feel His presence in this room right now. Woo. We hope you enjoyed this sermon from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate by texting any amount to 84321 or visiting our website, highestpraisechurch.com. If you want to connect with our local church and stay up to date with events, you can fill out a digital connect card, which is also on our website. We'll see you soon.